When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is the main event, Mark's podcast, bonus edition, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Flying Brian to my stunning Steve. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Go Bengals, I guess. <laughs> Eat me for that one. Starting right off. Oh, he's a he's a Bengal, is he not? I know he's a proud Bengal. That's what and it was. Uh, that's what it was cool to be a Bengals fan. Yeah, well, you didn't have to walk around <laughs> with your head held down in shame. Yeah, yeah we got uh, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. Said no well, one hey, ever. <laughs> well, hey, when they were in uh, Cincinnati for uh, AEW, that is pronouns, pal. God dang it. Uh, but uh, Flying Brian Jr. wore a uh, uh, Bengals jersey. Did he wear his dad's jersey to the ring? I didn't. I think it was his dad's. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was his dad's. Okay, I was too far away. I, I couldn't. If it see wasn't it. his dad's, it was Joe Burrow's. One of the two. I guarantee it. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> and his theme song is it just me or does it sound like um, like a dime store version of Welcome to the Jungle? Oh, it totally is. Yeah, it's like his because I was. Uh, I, I had told the story on the podcast before about how a friend of mine and I went to uh, Dynamite and Rampage when they were in Cincinnati, and the sound system at the UC arena just sucks. And so I couldn't hear very well. And I'm listening, and I look over at my friend, I'm like, I Welcome to the Jungle? I was like, I, I know that Tony Khan did not pay for Welcome to the Jungle, but it sounds uh, like... I don't even think he could afford uh, Axel's prices. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, if he's bulking it at Europe, you know, with their price tag on uh, uh, Final Countdown, no way in hell he's paying Axl Rose. 
But uh, yeah, Axel Rose around. might literally show up and strangle him. That man yeah. does not do AF. Yeah, with with his big chubby <laughs> fingers now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, bringing it fully around, man. Today we are. It is a bonus edition. We are going back to 1996. It is, uh, well, a very famous Raw, not necessarily for what's going on in the ring, but a certain uh, a certain story that's going on through the entire night. It is the Pillman's Got a Gun episode from November of 96. He's got this, a gun. This is episode, man. I mean, we'll get song? into it. I don't want... We get sued, too. <laughs> Good. Uh, oh, I, I, you, you can... You can use just a little bit uh, before you get sued. Kind of like in, in Wayne's World where he cuts him off after a couple chords. He's like, hey, hey no stairway. <laughs> Dude, you know they got so much trouble for even showing that? If you go back and watch it like on TV now, they clearly cut out to heaven. It oh, just says no stairway. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cut on all Blu-rays and all streaming. And when it airs on TV, it's just gone. It just says we- no stairway. We just made a joke about how Axl Rose is with his property. It's like, man, freaking Led Zeppelin is on a new level. Led Zeppelin is like, God, we're talking like right below Disney if you try to use Mickey Mouse. Yeah, man, right. they will kill you. Yeah, I've always right. joked that like if you try to steal Mario, Nintendo will try to take your soul, but if you try to use the mouse, Disney will take your head. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. It's one of them IPs that just cannot be touched no matter what. And uh, and it defies all legal grounds, but, you know, it, it happened. But uh, something else that defies legal grounds is how a – well, we'll and we'll talk about it, but how a man breaks into another man's property, gets shot at, and there, there are zero arrests on this show. <laughs> Spoiler, but nobody gets arrested on this one. So. Well, let's see. Uh, Second Amendment, freedom of speech. There's a bunch of loopholes. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think, uh, I mean, unless Pillman was just like, ah, you know, I'm not pressing charges. It was like, uh, you trying to break into your house and, and physically assault you and your wife. Uh, you're cool with that? Like, yeah, I shot at him. We're all, we're square now. So, we'll get I don't into know. this too, but Kevin Kelly, I gotta admit, helps make this whole thing. And, you know, again, we'll get into that, but man. As a kid, he's I He's an unsung hero of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I didn't give a crap about Kevin Kelly. As an adult, I I have a new appreciation for him. Not a ton of what he did in WWE, but I love his commentary in New Japan. Well, if you don't like him, please die. Yeah, right. A certain Uncle Dave said that. Uh, Speaking of Uncle Dave. I'd like to send out to his marks every so often. Yeah, right. I just remember, this is the guy you follow who said this. He told people to go die if they didn't like somebody that he likes. There you go. and... (laughs) Well, and uh, that's a good segue, you know, going into our uh, daily plugs here, uh, because we have a new uh, a new design on our uh, merchandise on our bonfire store. It's hashtag plans changed. So go check that's that out. usual, they do. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's never wrong. Plans just changed. All right. They changed it to make him look bad. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Always remember that. We're about to head into our first break, but let's take a quick uh, time out here to let you know that Main Event Marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at Fanatics.com, and our link is down in the podcast description. Just let them know that the Main Event Marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. We're also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. 
They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENTMARKS. That's all one word for 15% off your order. Also, check out the latest and greatest Main Event Mark swag. We are deep into the holiday season at this point, so get your holiday shopping done now and give the gift of retro wrestling at maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash maineventmarks, all one word. Bonfire has the latest updated uh, stuff from the, the show uh, you know, designs and whatnot, whereas Redbubble has a bit more variety on it if you want, like, coasters or clocks or stickers or something. Bonfire has great clothing items, uh, whether it be tank tops, baseball shirts, T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, whatever. You can get that at our Bonfire store. You can get holiday-themed ones for Thanksgiving, uh, for Christmas or Hanukkah. Or if you just want something from the show, be it something we frequently say or, uh, you know, a logo that's significant to the show in some way, shape, or form, go check that out. Also, follow us on social media, as always. Twitter is at main event underscore marks. Instagram is at main event underscore marks and main event collector. And on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. I think that plugs all the holes and... It's everything out of the way. Uh, so I think we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back from this, we're going to dive headfirst into the news and notes from early November of 1996, right after this. Follow the main event marks at Facebook.com forward slash main event on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. We're going to take a quick time out right before we dive into the news and notes to remind you to follow us on all forms of social media. On Twitter, it's at main event underscore marks. On Instagram, it's at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. And on 
Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And don't forget to do your holiday shopping at our Redbubble store. It's main event marks.redbubble.com and our bonfire store with the latest and greatest designs. That's bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. Let's dive head first here into the news and notes. First story here. Like I said, some of these are kind of while Halloween, the week of and the week after Halloween Havoc 1996. If you want a good companion piece, go listen to that now in the archives. We did that a few weeks ago. Uh, but first story here, Roddy Piper agreed to a deal with WCW and made a surprise debut at the end of Halloween Havoc. He came out and cut a meandering promo on Hogan that ended up being cut off on pay-per-view because they ran out of the three-hour time window that they had for the show. So <laughs> Halloween Havoc just went off the uh-huh. air with Piper still talking. And yes, that is a thing. Yep. Why is it Hogan always got stuck in the ring with people who just meandered in their damn promos in WCW? It was him, Warrior. like, yeah. and, and credit Love to Hogan, you can... I guess. Well, I mean, if in credit to him, if you go back and watch, like we talked about this on the podcast, he's trying to keep this on the rails and he keeps bringing it, trying to bring Piper back. It's like, hey, 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 over here, buddy. But Piper's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to talk about what happened in 1977 when I got stabbed in the ass. <laughs> and I love Piper, uh, but good <laughs> Lord. Uh, Scanning on the double. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, gotta draw blood from a stab in the ass. I like that. Anyway. When Flair told that, he was, he, Piper was like, gotta draw money. He goes, Roddy, we're here for one day. The show's completely sold out. I don't care. I gotta draw money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Piper, man. He was he was on a different level of nuts, and I loved it. But staying with the WCW stuff here, Hulk Hogan signed a new three-year deal with WCW just four days before Halloween Havoc. Hogan had a five-year offer from the WWF on the table that he turned down. WWF had hoped to bring back both Hogan and Randy Savage at about the same time and have them resume their WCW feud in WWF. But with Hogan deciding to stay with WCW, it kind of hurts Savage's bargaining power with WWF. So right now, no one knows where he'll end up. Uh, I'll be back very soon and join the NWO. Yeah. I was at this. Uh, which one was that? Super Brawl? Super Brawl 97. Yeah. Okay. Nine, 90, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, cause I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up, because Super Brawl 98 was uh, Sting and Hogan. It was there, too. I believe, now in the archives, uh, Super Brawl 98. We covered that one, right? Pretty sure, earlier yeah. this year? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, listen to Greg, now in the archives. Uh, yeah, Super Brawl 8. Anyway, yeah, so Hogan was supposed if if you believe all the rumors, Hogan's deal included they were going to bring him back, have him turn heel, winning the Rumble, and become the WWF champion and be a heel over there. Uh, and then Savage would come back as a babyface and they would feud, you know, similar to the way they were in WWE or excuse me, WCW. I don't know. That could have been fun, but uh, I, I like the NWO stuff continuing. And man, that wouldn't that have killed Sting dead in the water? <laughs> like, who the hell would he go after? I guess the Outsiders, but not as cool as when he went after Hogan. You can count the NWO in that too, though. 
like being dead in the water? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like they're there, but eh, I don't know. Uh, Gene Okerlund still hasn't returned because his contract negotiations with WCW aren't finalized yet. They offered him $180,000 per year to work five dates per month, one pay-per-view and four nitros, but apparently no hotline duties. Okerlund hasn't agreed to the terms just yet. Why no hotline duties? From what I heard, that was like a huge moneymaker for both him and the company. Scheme Gene ran his course. I don't think that happened, though. Didn't he continue on with the hotline for years after this? I remember always seeing him plugging it, but I don't know about success-wise. Yeah, so... And WWF had their own hotline at this time, ran by Jim Ross, so... They uh they both made a decent amount of money at it. I, d- I don't know how much WWF made at it. Uh, I I know Bischoff has openly talked about that uh, WCW's just got a lot of money and, and made Mean Gene a lot. So he said that supplemented his income because it, that was on top of whatever his contract was for. Now, like you said, man, $180,000 per year. I mean, yeah, what the hell? They're, they're lowballing him. A man's got to eat. I just I love anyway. that um, like his job was to stand there with a the microphone. I'm not big, I'm not crapping on it. I loved him, but one hundred eighty thousand dollars to stand there with a the microphone in your hand. You sign me up. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, and he didn't even have to like. I mean, yeah, there is some perfecting your on-air voice and whatever, but at the same time, and and he was quick on his feet, which takes a while. But at the same time, it's like, it's not like he cultivated that voice. God gave it to him. Uh, I'm sure but, he tweaked wow, it himself, but yeah, I mean, there's little tweaks, but at the same time, it's like, man, you just uh, all right. Monday Night Raw's start time. It, it, will be it works up. out. Let's just say that. Clearly. Yeah, right. Monday Night Raw's start time will be moving up one hour. The decision was made by the USA Network fairly abruptly and didn't give WWF much time to promote the time change. So it's probably going to take a couple of weeks before the normal Raw audience gets familiar with the new time change. WCW Nitro has been starting an hour ahead of Raw for a while now, and it gives WCW a strong head start on hooking viewers, so they stick around for the second hour. So this mean this move means that Raw will be going head-to-head with Nitro's first hour instead of its second hour. So uh, this also helps WWF to avoid having to go up against Monday Night Football. I mean, none of this would last very long. I don't remember ever happening, honestly. I always remember Raw starting at 9. Apparently it did, because they talk about it on this this Raw that we're about to watch. They mention it a couple times. That, uh, they talk about, oh, new start time and blah, blah, blah. So, Must have missed that. I, yeah, maybe they tried it and it didn't work. Because, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... Or remember. or they did it and they, USA is like, oh, we can't have this on at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, because as I remember, you will see within what we're about to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when they switched to two hours exactly, but it was. I remember. Oh, it was what, 1997. I know that. But. Okay. Yeah, because by the time I started watching in the fall of '97, they were two hours, and they always started at nine. And as a kid, I could only watch the first hour of Raw before I had to go to bed, and then I had to. Uh, record the second hour on my VHS tape and then watch it after school the next day. How old did you just say? 
I know all of you out there, you know, that you'll never know the struggle. <laughs> For you, is there a is there a West Coast version of USA or did you did it come on at the same time? No, I got to watch Nitro early, though, because they always showed Nitro at five o'clock here. Huh. So for me, I didn't have to switch back and forth ever. Ah, okay. So I mean, I could because Nitro was replaying as well was airing here, but I saw Nitro live at 5 p.m. here. So so, so did Raw start 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So okay. So that was a, a West Coast version, yeah. Because so because otherwise it would I aired for you at at six. Right. I don't. I don't get how those time zone things work, man. Uh, I never got it. I'm still baffled. <laughs> right. Uh, WWF Road Agent Chief J Strongbow was found slumped over, sitting in a chair backstage at the Raw tapings, and they feared a heart attack. Turns out that it was an 80% blockage of an artery. He was hospitalized, but since has been released. Damn. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. For anybody that doesn't know. Chief J. Strongbow is not a legit Native American. He is, uh, his real name is like Joe Scarpa, I think, and he's Italian. How you doing? Uh, apparently, the reason he became Joe, uh, Chief J. Strongbow was because he, uh, oh, by the way, he passed away in 2012. He was 83. So that's a pretty long life for a, a professional wrestler. Well, he didn't mess around with anything. Yeah, right. But he uh, he was made Chief J. Strongbow because, uh, I guess, Vince McMahon wanted uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Wahoo never came to WWF or stuck around, whatever. So he was like, well, I'll make my own Indian, damn it. So we need indigenous. Yeah. So he so he put a headdress on an Italian was like close enough. (laughs) And hey, he was. He was over big time in New York, man. So good for him. That's it's funny. Uh, Bruce Pritchard always makes jokes about that. That he was like, yeah, the uh, the fake Indian Jay Strongbow. Fake Indian. Well, uh, I don't know why that got me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah, because um, Conrad asked me. He was like. Er, he asked him what his opinion on Wahoo McDaniel was, and he said, ah, greatest Native American wrestler of all time. He's like, would you say that to uh, Chief J. Strongbow and uh, Tatanka? He's like, I said it to Jerry Briscoe. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, the Briscoes are actually like legit Native American, which you wouldn't have guessed. You thought they were just Southern white, but nope. I sometimes looked at Gerald and thought he was like maybe uh, some kind of Hispanic. Yeah, apparently he's a uh, native, like full-blooded Native American, as far as I, as far as I know. But at least half. Anyway, uh, both Barry Windham and Vader some broken feet this week. Oddly specific for both of them. Random. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Windham broke his in a match. No word on how. Vader broke his while taping a fake match for the Boy Meets World episode he's in. He still worked the pay-per-view match against Sid with a broken foot, but missed a few shows after. Remember that episode? Yeah. For those who don't know, he was Frankie's dad. Yeah, he was big Frankie, and Frankie, of course, <laughs> it was little Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, little Frankie was damn near as big as big Frankie. Not anymore. Uh, yeah. It's amazing now. 
Oh yeah, he dropped a ton of weight. I was like, wow. Hey, you yeah, can see it like. <laughs> yeah, right. Because by the time you see him in like uh, my, uh, my name is Earl, he had dropped quite a bit of weight there, and he's dropped even more since then. Like, good grief, man! You don't even look like the same dude. Got a six pack now. That's a true story. Wow, really? Look on his Instagram. Oh, good for him. Uh, on Livewire a few weeks back, when Ahmed Johnson was guest hosting, a quote caller called in and said that he was black and asked about racism in the WWF. Ahmed Johnson told the caller that there isn't any racism in the WWF. It turns out that that quote unquote black caller was actually Kevin Dunn. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because if there's one person you're going to mistake for being black when he talks, it might be Kevin Dunn. (laughs) Good grief, man. Not to get off too much here. Did you hear uh, he's back in the headlines again after John Moxley's book came out? Yeah, but, you know, I don't take anything I said seriously right now. I'm sorry. It's a personal thing for me. I don't like alcohol, so I'm not going to believe what he says until someone confirms it. <laughs> My thing was just like anybody who's ever dealt with Kevin Dunn, it seems like doesn't like him, except for like if you're a backstage personality, some of the the, the like you know work with them, some of them like you him, clearly but. never listen to Austin's podcast. Well, Stone Cold likes him, loves him. Wow. Oh yeah. Man, yeah. Austin loves every well, not everybody, but I mean, they get to that one. He was like, oh, I love Jim Cornette. It's like what? <laughs> Who the hell says that? But all right. Hey, man, maybe, uh, you know, since Austin dropped alcohol and everything in his older age, maybe he's become more loving. I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping that happens with Moxley, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll stop, uh, you know, trying to mutilate his body in stupid death matches. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio's gone from ECW and headed to the WWF. No word on what his name will be yet, but his gimmick is a babyface pimp character similar to Huggy Bear from the 1970s show Starsky and Hutch. Wow. It'll actually work out pretty decently for a minute. How long was he there? I, I don't... Was it a year From, or two? He debuts at Survivor Series 96. Uh-huh. And I know he's there at least until July of 2000... Or 1998. Maybe I'm misremembering this. Did Wasn't he in the Brawl for All or, or he was at he least was. wrestling? Yeah, okay. he was. He, okay. Yeah, so he was there for a while. Yeah, long JR says, that Flash Funk, he's some kind of guy, man. He looks a little too cold, if you ask me. Good lord. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, The story Jim Cornette tells about him is he was like, I guess they were at a show. They were at a taping one time, and Jim Johnson hadn't finished his theme yet. And they were like, what the hell is he going to come out to? And Cornette was like, hold on, I got something. He went out in his car, and he got his Rick James tape. Oh, uh, good God. And he, and he came to the ring to Love Gun by Rick James. <laughs> Which is actually better than his, what Jim Johnson came up with. But, you know, the Jim Johnson song is catchy and you can dance to it. So whatever. Either way. Hey, we haven't done this in a little while, man. So bringing it back. <clears throat> this week in ECW. If I may have another ball. Yeah. Uh, and, and hey, for once, it's not a laundry list of uh, uh, injuries that I'm going to report on here. But here we go. Oh, I'm sure someone offended somebody somehow, though. Or... 
Oh, well, yeah. And like I said, there are other stories that I left out here because we covered them on the Halloween Havoc 96 podcast. So go check that out. Chris Candido debuted in ECW this week and was over huge. Huge. Uh, no was, gimmick needed. Yeah. Uh, Sonny was backstage and Candido led the crowd in chants for Sonny. But of course, she didn't come out because she's still under WWF contract. The crowd also chanted, Skip is dead. Afterwards, Candido cut a promo trashing the WWF and then turned heel on the crowd and started trashing ECW. On the same show, another guy named David Morton debuted, and he was impressive enough that Paul Heyman wants to bring him back full time. David Morton is Kid Cash. So there you go. Well, now that's going to work. Yeah, well, if you're... How many places can he get fired from? Let's see. This was before Austin uh, Aries. I think literally everything except for AEW. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Did he ever go to WCW? I don't remember. I don't Maybe. Okay, I think that's the one that he missed out on. It's like, ah, damn. Could have got fired from there, too. Damn. Yeah, right. Add it to the list. At the same show, there was also a scaffold match between Tommy Dreamer and primetime Brian Lee with with tables piled up underneath. Brian Lee ended up taking the bump off the scaffold and threw the tables. There were no serious injuries to report on, thank God. Apparently he came within like a half an inch of hitting the rope and maybe freaking breaking his own neck or something. This one? I think so. Wow. Yeah, if anybody goes back to the, uh, we plugged the show enough, but we haven't done it. I, f- I feel like we haven't plugged the show in like a week or two. Uh, if anybody goes back to the XPW episode of Dark Side of the Ring, that is where they had the scaffold match between Vic Grimes and New Jack. New Jack tased Grimes and then dumped his ass off of the scaffold. And they said if he hadn't hit the ropes and bounced back into the ring, he would have went crashed straight to the concrete and probably died. New Jack said he was aiming to throw him onto the ring post and kill him. Like he had fully admits this or admitted, I, you know, he passed away, obviously, but hot damn. Really? That just came back. Uh, XPW. Um, oh, yeah. I, was it you telling me about there or, or somebody else I was talking to? Told me I doubt it was me because I only just found out. Okay. So, so I can't remember who it was I was talking to, and they said it was, it's coming back. And I'm like, with the porn? No. And they're like, I guess so. It's still run by Rob Black. And I'm like, he's out of prison? Is it really? Yes, Rob Black's bringing it back. Watch your thumbs. So, yeah, good Lord. Too soon? I had heard that story about the Messiah like years ago, like right after it happened. And I was like, whoa, that's nuts. But I really didn't have any context because I'm like, what the hell is XPW? Who the hell is the Messiah? But I had a <laughs> friend who I had a friend who followed Deathmatch garbage and told me about it sometimes. So that's the way I found out. <sighs> Speaking of New Jack, though, at another ECW uh, show, you just, you just transferred some garbage to New Jack. So I'll point that out. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that was totally unintentional, by the way. Uh <laughs> New Jack got into an altercation with some police officers, stop me if you heard this one before, who were working security at the show. So at some point, New Jack hopped the barricade and ended up with uh, one of the cops throwing punches at uh, each other. 
and a lot of fans getting involved in a mini riot breaking out until several other ECW wrestlers ran out to break things up. Afterwards, New Jack collapsed and was treated by paramedics. No word on if he was arrested, although you would assume so. I bet my right eye. Yeah. Mother of God. (sighs) New Jack started a riot by beating up police officers. I feel like he was proud of this stuff. Uh, yeah, if anybody watches his Dark Side of the Ring episode, he, like, brags about this crap. Like, oh, yeah, I did it. Like, gosh. Anyway, (laughs) there's no good transition after that. So I think we're going to take our next break. Uh, Real quick, if anybody goes to our YouTube channel, we have a new feature on there. Jacob Grandi, who's been a guest on the show before. He is now officially on our YouTube channel. He's got his curtain jerkin show up there because the former home of uh, the show is now gone. So he is now joining the family. Gone forever, and bro. It is. It's gone forever, bro. And he's joining the family. And you so you can check out curtain jerkin on there. Drops every week. And uh, see, he covers current stuff and he gives predictions on current stuff. We are completely retro on this podcast, so yeah, we don't your... give predictions. We give spoilers. Yeah, wow. I like what you did there, coming out of ECW. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so if you want your fix of current stuff, he he covers wrestling and UFC, so you know, go check that out. Uh, he even, I mean, New Japan, AEW, WWE, all of it. He covers all of it, so go check that out. And uh, if you want your retro fix, well, we're the podcast for you. So subscribe and uh, yeah, go subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get a little bit of both. But we're going to take our next break. When we come back, it's raw from November 4th of 96. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckburg on the belly up sports podcast network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Are you an experienced healthcare professional ready for a change? 
UNM Hospital is hiring. Visit us at unmhjobs.com and explore a multitude of career opportunities at UNM Hospital. At our teaching hospital and level one trauma facility, you will deliver more to our community at UNM Hospital. Visit unmhjobs.com to learn more. University of New Mexico Hospital is an equal opportunity employer. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. We're back. Uh, we are going to dive into WWF Raw from November 4th, 1996. The venue was the War Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Then the I don't know the attendance numbers. They are not published. But the TV rating was a 2.3 which today would have everybody doing cartwheels. But back then, it was okay. Uh, But this one I found out, this was actually recorded like a week before this. So they record like three episodes of Raw back to back to back. And this one was like the second show in like a three-hour. Back then it was considered a marathon. Now it's just a normal Monday. But we open the show with what happened last week where Steve uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing a sit down with Bret Hart, who was live via satellite. Stone Cold gets cut off and starts beating up production people until the cops were called to calm him down. Now, Kevin Kelly is standing outside of Brian Pillman's home, quote, in suburban Cincinnati. They are in Walton, Kentucky. I I used to live down there. I, I couldn't pick out Walton on a map. If you held a gun to my head. So I, I don't know. Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, it just, but he's there just in case Stone Cold shows up tonight. He lets us know that Pillman sent the, the Pillmans sent their kids to their grandparents' house for the night. So they're all alone. This first little match. Brian? On, yeah. Oh, man. I love little Brian. What the no. hell? <laughs> all right. Anyway. You got problems, dude. What? Nothing. Hey. All right. Uh, the first match of the night is Gold Dust, and in his corner are wow. Uh, but in his corner are Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Crush, Marlena, Clarence Mason, and Mister Perfect. And he is taking on the Stalker and his epic effing mustache. In his corner are Mark Marrow, Mark Henry, and Rocky Maivia. This one went about five and a half minutes. As soon as this one kicks off, Doc Hendricks interrupts in a split screen with Stone Cold Steve Austin on a car phone. You remember those? I do. Yeah. Used to, I used to think people were rich that had those things, and usually you were rich if you had those things. Uh, but he's I was heading confused to pr- by the wire coming out of it. Yeah, he is headed to Brian Pillman's house from the Cincinnati airport, which, oddly enough, is also in Kentucky. Austin said that no one's going to stop him tonight, and Pillman started this by uh, taking his interview time to, quote, worship Bret Hart. He said that he's got a new verse from the Book of Austin, Austin forty-five seventeen. I will strike down upon your ass with great vengeance and furious anger. McMahon warns Austin that Pillman has, quote, a welcoming party waiting. And Austin said that he's got a six pack of whoop ass riding shotgun. 
Jerry Lawler then brings up Pillman claiming to have a gun, and Austin said that he'll do whatever it takes to get his hands on Brian Pillman. Back to the match that clearly nobody gives a damn about. When Goldust gets Speak tossed for yourself. Of, yeah. Uh, when Goldust gets tossed out of the ring at one point, the baby faces toss him back in. We now go to commercial break, because if there's one thing this match needs, it's a commercial break in the middle of it. Got a two-segment, folks. Yeah. Uh, but we come back to a black-and-white promo of Steve Austin in the middle of a match, uh, or in the middle of a, uh, whatever, uh, what was, a warehouse. That's what I'm trying to think of. I can't word today. Uh, but he's going off on Bret Hart saying that Shawn Michaels beat his ass back to Canada. Back to the match now. It gets thrown out when everyone starts brawling with each other. Star and a half. Let's say you. I'm going to be honest. I didn't rate any of these matches. Ah, that's right. I forgot. You don't really. They all the... suck. I mean, well, they, do. Uh, they, they all suck, but they're all really short, too. I'll find any reason. Spoilers. Yeah, right. Well, after the match, the stalker gets beat up by Goldust and Crush as Mark Henry backs Jerry Lawler up the aisle and to the back. The baby faces then fight back and King tries to get his team to hightail it, which they eventually do. We now flip to Doc Hendricks running down what we'll see at the Survivor Series 1996, now in the archives, by the way. He then throws it to a video of him interviewing Mankind, Paul Bearer, and the Executioner. Mankind says that he buried The Undertaker alive. Just then, a gong sounds, lightning crashes, and the lights flicker as what looks like a big box cloaked in, a, in black lowers from the ceiling. Undertaker about to be over. <laughs> wow. Good lord. Uh, Undertaker's uh, voice booms over the loudspeakers, saying that the reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. And at Survivor Series, it's a preview uh, th- this is a preview of what he has in store for Paul Bearer. The executioner rips the black cloth off of the box to reveal that it's actually a shark cage with a Paul Bearer dummy hanging upside down in it. And when they showed the dummy, it's got like a big round head. <laughs> Looks like they just took a volleyball and put a wig <laughs> on it. It's Wilson. <laughs> Wilson! Doc Hendricks sends it now to Kevin Kelly sitting with Brian and Melanie Pillman. Kelly asks what the doctors have told him about his ankle. Pillman said that he's looking good for 1997, but Austin crossed lines by attacking his injured ankle and made this personal. Vince McMahon butts in and says that they've heard that Steve Austin is circling the neighborhood and asks if Pillman feels like he's a hostage in his own home. Pillman laughs and says that Steve Austin is a dead man walking because, quote, when Austin 316 meets Pillman 9mm Glock, I'm going to blast his sorry ass straight to hell. Then he pulls up the gun and cocks it, and Kevin Kelly about craps his pants. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best. His acting was, like, so over the top. It's like It was like a South Park thing. It was like, oh, God, it's happening again. <sighs> After the commercial break, we see an extended WWF promo for karate fighters, which I had as a kid, by the way. Yeah, like seven of them, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, I had them all. I only had two. I had the uh, the one in like the tiger stripe ninja outfit, and then the one with the like uh, the the green uh, flat top. Anyway, I really don't know, remember which one was my favorite, but I know it was like a red. Gi. Oh yeah, 
We now see footage of Steve Austin outside of Brian Pillman's house beating up Pillman's, quote, friends, who are actually trainees from a local wrestling school. Uh, Austin tries to drown one of the guys in a kiddie pool. Then he shuts the other one's head in the door of his SUV. He's uh, he's not getting his deposit back on that rental, by the way. Austin then walks around the big house telling Brian that he knows that he's in there. After a while, we go back to the ring to see the pug. That's right. <laughs> this next match is uh, clearly the father of Charlie Haas, the pug taking on the Sultan who has Bob Backlund and the iron Sheik in his corner. This one went about two minutes. I feel like three different people use that same Arabian music that the Sultan is coming out to. I can think of the Sultan, uh, iron Sheik at one point, Tiger yeah. Ali Singh. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's gotta, I, I feel like there's somebody we're missing, but somebody hit us up. Wow. But anyway, Bob Backlund. I feel like they always use the same Japanese theme for all the Japanese guys. Like it was the Orient Express's theme. Yeah, right. It, that's just like this is the this is a song for anybody from this region of the of the United <laughs> of the world. It works. Okay. We own right. it. We got royalties. Use it. Great. Uh, Bob Backlund grabs a mic and he goes nuts in the ring, screaming something loony about how the Sultan is going to bring the WWF into the 21st century. Sure. Yeah, he was yelling at all the plebeians. Yeah. I just like how he just like he he just like hops up on the apron with a mic and just starts going nuts like ah, the Sultan. Like, what the F is wrong with you, dude? Decaf. It's the um, Arabian guy, but he's the Samoan guy who's an American. Yeah, right. I feel like a certain other Samoan got famous off of playing a different nationality. <laughs> uh, I'll admit... We, we like you, pal, but you can't be Samoan. We can't have those. I guess they flat out told... I mean, I don't know about Rikishi. They were trying something different with him here, but uh, they flat out told Yokozuna like he was like, we have a ton of Samoans. Uh, let's switch it up. Like, okay? But I'll admit, Sultan looked... I think it worked... <laughs> Oh, it definitely did. Uh, the Sultan looked interesting, and he has a pretty cool entrance, I thought. Uh, I could have done without the Iron Sheik laying down the prayer rug and pretending to pray before the match just to get cheap heat. But <laughs> Well, I'll see that, or he's talking crap about America and spitting on it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, about the match, the future Rikishi eats Alex Porto up, and makes him tap to the stereotypical camel clutch. I give it a dud. So I know you didn't rate it. So any notes about the match, though? Way too long. <laughs> Two minutes is way too long. <laughs> uh, but then after the match, the Sultan throws the pug out of the ring and he celebrates with the Iron Sheik, who actually does look like a stereotypical uh, Sheik at this point. He's like a real a suit. Se- real sentence, by the way. He threw the pug out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, right. Who's like, uh, who's like, that's a good nickname for you, man. Who fears a pug? There's no box of gimmicks. I just like, that's not like a feared dog. It's like you hear Rottweiler, or German Shepherd, or you know, like uh, what was the uh, you know Pitbull, like a pug. 
like I want to be little... teacup pig. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> it's like oh, so. I... Off, uh, vicious animals. I thought. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, so. I'm gonna be named after that little dog with a wrinkly face and breathing problems. What the? F- Any time is what time is it? I'm due back in Paris Hilton's handbag here. I gotta go. <laughs> what the hell? We now go back to Brian Pillman's house where Kevin Kelly is losing his mind and Pillman's oh, looking God. around holding his gun. <laughs> uh, call the police! Ah! We hear gl- we had glass breaking. Wow. We hear glass breaking and see Stone Cold Steve Austin breaking a window and a door. He unlocks the door and he storms in while Brian Pillman points the pistol right at him. A feed suddenly gets snowy and cuts out. I Why? remember being scared crapless, dude. I didn't know I what bet. the hell was going on. Is Austin dead? No. Uh, at this time, he was an a-hole and a heel, but he was starting to get over. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, we're like shh, a couple months away from becoming a huge explosion. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was starting to, you know, get the crowd behind him by WrestleMania 13. It's like a full on switch. So, yeah. We now go to Jim Ross standing in the ring, introducing Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels, who comes out with Jose Lothario. Both men get into the ring and stand on either side of a podium like they're going to have a debate. Jim Ross first questions Shawn Michaels on whether or not He forgives Sid for powerbombing him multiple times years ago. Sean says he forgives Sid, and he actually went and got him out of the loony bin. (laughs) Sid literally says... He says that Sid literally looks at Jim Ross and goes, That's bull! And then uh, then he says, If anyone believes that, they're stupid. And when Sid... When Sid was asked why he hit Sean from behind last week, Sid says it was an accident. Sean says he believes him. All of a sudden, McMahon tries to throw it back to Cincinnati and says, no, sorry, we don't have it. And then we go back to this. (laughs) Good Lord. Shawn Michaels tells Sid he beat him once. He'll beat him again. They get into an argument about ability and size. Sean says to be the man, you got to beat the man. They destroy the podium, which seemed like it was made out of freaking cardboard. And then they get into a shoving match before Jim Cornette and all of Camp Cornette, which is Vader, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog, come out to interrupt them. Clarence Mason is there, too. Uh, you Cornette, know what, though, real quick. <sighs> that is such a forgotten, underrated stable, man. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, looking yeah, back at Man, that was an amazing group. Oh, Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the people who were in it, I mean, Vader should have if Vader would have done more, I think it would have got over bigger. But, you know, it was kind of just like, I don't know, it kind of died shortly after this, if I remember correctly. Hmm. When we reviewed the show, where where was it that Clarence Mason got Cornette to sign over the rights to Bulldog and Owen? Um, wait, what did you say? Who was it? Uh, remember when, when, uh, Cornette got, Cornette got knocked out by Jose Lothario earlier in the night and Clarence Mason got him to, like when he was incapacitated, he got him to sign over Bulldog and, and Owen's contracts. Uh, I can't remember what we, we reviewed it 
I can't remember what show it was now off the top of my head, but yeah, now in the archives, one of them. Uh, but Cornette shouts him down as Camp Cornette members slide in and gets beat up. But Owen takes up or takes out Sid with a chair to the back. However, Sean takes a chair from him, and Sid thinks that Sean hit him with the chair. They argue until Camp Cornette gets back in and gets beat up again. Referees and road agents get into the ring now and hold Sean and Sid back from brawling. So that's the end of that one. Now we go to a commercial and come back to a commercial for WWF Full Metal, the album, right before showing replays of what happened at Brian Pillman's house earlier tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> did you have uh, <laughs> did, did you have Full Metal, the album? Uh, I did, yeah. Well, it I, wasn't a CD, it was a tape. I just, right, when yeah. I write your album, I think CD, I don't know why. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I had it, I, yeah, I had it on cassette tape as well. So, oh, uh, I, I had all of them back in the day. We're about to dive into our main event here, so we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Main event underscore marks on Twitter and Instagram, and also at main event collector on Instagram. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah We've got the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast, that's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. It's wild man Mark Mero with Sable in his corner taking on Razor Ramon with Diesel in his corner. Uh, and I'll get to that in a minute. It went seven oh, minutes, 44 seconds. Best match of the night, right folks? <laughs> Yeah, that's a crowded field, too. But this is obviously Rick Bogner and Glenn Jacobs playing Razor and Diesel, respectively. It's not, you know, because 
we just talked about the NWO over on the other channel. So there you go. During the fake razor's entrance, you could hear a mouse pissing on cotton. <laughs> my my first note of this match. This is the main event. Yeah. Yikes. But it's one match, of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time right there. Miro? No, Razor Ramon. Oh, come on. I, 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 I'd pick Miro over the, <laughs> this guy. <sighs> anyway, good Lord, this whole thing sucked. whole thing sucked. It sucks. Uh, during the match, we get Kerwin selfies via phone calling in to say that everything in, the, in production went dead. And no one has been leaving or entering the house. Kerwin said that he heard something that sounded like a couple of explosions. Okay, but he's not sure if they were gunshots. About the production, Kerwin says that the crew is too afraid to get out of the truck and work on the equipment, but they're going to see what they can do. Back to the so, match. Little guy in the house has a gun. And we're just sticking around. Oh, we might be able to film some more. Yeah, right. <laughs> we think like, we heard gunshots. So- like one of the only notes I wrote for this whole part. Like, why are you still there if you think you heard that? Get the hell out of there. Because Vince is in his ear like, film it. Film it, damn it. <laughs> Get us back online. Oh, man. Back to the match. This is literally just arm drag after arm drag for like seven minutes. I was like, is that like all the moves arm in your arsenal? Drag. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Arm drag. Well, what's he going to do next? Full arm dragon twist. Tony Schiavone's famous call. To this day, I don't think he will tell us if it's full arm dragon twist or full arm drag and twist. All I know is it happened on one of the greatest nights in the history of our sport. I know that. Well, of course it did. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and the tape machines are still rolling. But... (laughs) I think I hit them all. Still, still love that guy. Right. Uh, Kerwin's back on the phone later to say that the that only one guy is working on the equipment. Yeah, well, he's the sacrificial lamb. Get out there and work on it. If you get shot, whatever. <laughs> uh, wait, you took out the life insurance, right? Ah, you'll be fine. Get out there. <laughs> but no one knows what's going on. And then he starts yelling, hey, at someone before hanging up. On commentary, Vince Ro- or Vince. Good Lord. Jim Ross is putting 100% of the blame on Vince McMahon. He's going hard on Vince. He's like, this is your fault. You sent him out there. You feel good about yourself, huh? And he's like, well, you know, what? the blame has to you know, be put somewhere or whatever. And he's like, on you. Like, it's your company, isn't it? <laughs> this was great. Like, you could tell Jim Ross, like, he said he hated being a heel because, like, nobody bought it. And the whole thing was kind of stupid. You could tell he was having fun with this because he could say whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this, Mr. Perfect and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, both in suits, walked to the ring during this match that just won't freaking end. I laughed my ass off, by the way, for an advertisement for the Big Bang Boom tour. <laughs> did you see that advertisement? Like did. Doc, Hen- yeah, Doc Hendricks is advertising it like they we get a commercial break. He's like, the Big Bang Boom Tour could be coming to a town near you. And I'm like, who named this? Probably him. (laughs) Yeah. 
And in the end, Helmsley shoves Mero off the top rope behind the referee's back and Razor pins Mero after a razor's edge. Nobody gave a damn, and I gave it a star. <sighs> but we've established the satellite feed back at Brian Pillman's house, uh, where a bunch of dudes with mullets are holding Pillman back, trying to calm them down. Kevin Kelly says, no one has been shot. Nobody's been struck by any of the explosions. <laughs> any explosions? What? Uh, I don't think they know what an explosion is. Yeah, it's like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. But all right. But Austin's back now. The men all rush in and hold him back and get him out of the house. Pillman shouts, let him go. That son of a bitch has this coming. (sighs) He keeps going. with it. He's like, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. Let him go. And then Kevin Kelly shouts for someone to call the police. He's losing his mind again. Call the police. Call the police. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, call the police. <laughs> As Pillman ends the show shouting, Look, I'm you sure know, I can do a lot of things, but you can't get pick up a phone and dial a cop, dude. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Pillman literally ends the show by shouting, You don't know who you're fing with. <laughs> oh, man. Melanie is crying wildly in the back, by the way. As King is yelling at Kevin Kelly and telling him, grab the gun. Yeah, because that would be smart. As a guy's waving a gun around. Yeah, Kevin, grab it. Oh, my that, God. That's gun safety 101, man. Just, God dang it. Grab the gun, Kevin. He's waving it around. Your damn breakdown of it makes it worse. <laughs> oh, this whole thing was just like, what the hell, man? I don't think anybody knew what any of this stuff was. We're going to take our final break, man. Uh, When we come back, it's final ratings time. We'll tell you what's coming up on the podcast in the future. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. And if you weren't entertained by that, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave the show 6.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.38 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10 for an F. Let's say you. 
if we're talking about a wrestling show, I'm going to give it an F. But if we're talking about like a show, I mean, this is like a B plus. I mean, yeah. it's enjoyable for the most part. It was all right. I feel like the wrestling was just an added thing for the night. Everything else yeah. was. So, oh, I mean. Clearly. Yeah, I clearly, have to go off yeah. what, like, what its intention was, and I think it did exactly what it was intended to do. So, yeah. yeah. I give it a high rate for that. This got their ass torn apart by the USA Network, by the way. And, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it depends on who you want to believe. WWE claims we told them everything we were going to do. They knew well in advance and, you know, so they were just trying to save face, which I can definitely believe. I can also believe the USA Network's take where they said, well, they gave us a vague idea of what they were going to do, but we had no idea that they were going to go like this extreme with it. And we had no idea that Pillman was going to drop that F-bomb at the end of the night. Guarantee you they weren't crying when the ratings came in. Again, the ratings weren't. Yeah, for that time, the ratings weren't fantastic, but and they I lost mean, well, Nitro, we don't know what they're but, what they're what they were looking for though, so maybe they were right. I believe this year they were starting to make money again because in '95 I think they lost quite a bit. In '96 they were still kind of losing some. Uh, according to Bruce Pritchard, by like 97, 98, they didn't really give a damn what the ratings were because they were they had been making money for a while at that point. And they were like, whatever, our ratings are fine. And even if we're not beating Nitro, we're making money. And that's really all it comes down to is you're in the like now. Yeah, it's like you're in the black. That's why my argument about the the, the ratings now, it's like. It, you know, I, I don't care if Dynamite or Rampage beats anything in the ratings. Is AEW bringing in money? Are they in the black? Then who gives a crap about ratings? Same with WWE. Are they in the black? <sighs> but whatever. Can't tell people f- certain things, man. Either way, that does it for that one. Uh, well, we dropped, a, in my opinion, a pretty good show on you earlier this week with Survivor Series 1998. And this one, oh, of course not. This one, uh, I I thought it was entertaining. I like uh, it was funny. So if you guys want to go back and watch it, it's only an hour. Uh, You know, Raw hadn't. Oh, I think it's an hour. I think it's like 48 minutes or something like that. Yeah, well, you got to you got to work in for commercials and all that, of course. But yeah, so it wasn't a full hour. But all in all, it was uh, not bad. You know, if you if you're watching it, just like you said, for the story, which is isn't that kind of the uh, uh, the story of both shows we covered this week? Because Survivor Series 98 was heavy on yeah, story. Pretty much. Yeah, it was a uh, heavy on story, light on wrestling. Quality. Bro, who cares about wrestling, bro? Can we jam 40 matches into a two hour period, bro? Because I want to do it. Bro, we only have one new champion, though, bro. Yeah, yeah, but bro, all the belts got to switch, switch in the night. Actually, we had two new champions because uh, you remember the women's titles changed hands that night. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody's remembering that fondly, but it did happen. <laughs> the next week, man, we are closing out the month. It is the day before Thanksgiving, where we're all gonna cut into the bird. But while we are, 
enjoy our take on WCW Mayhem 2000. That is dropping because on we November hate 24th. you apparently. Yes. Well, here's my thing. Uh, we cover some shows like this one, like Mayhem 2000, because it's like, look, we watch it so you don't have to. You can listen to us talk about it and uh, tell you why you should or shouldn't watch it and if it's garbage or not. And if it's garbage, we'll make fun of it. And trust me, there's um, I have a feeling we're going to be laughing our asses off next week because there's a lot. Well, I mean, I laugh my ass off watching it. So, yeah. I laughed and cried. Like, I went back and forth. I laughed. (laughs) I cried. I laughed. I cried from laughing. It was a whole gambit of emotions. (laughs) I didn't even know what a bad wrestling show was, bro. And then I'll watch this. Oh, I was going to say, Russo 1,000% (laughs) knows what a bad wrestling show is. Uh, If he doesn't, then he's not watching his own product. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so that does it for November. December, I'm very excited for, man. We're not going to tell you what the bonus show is just yet, but uh, we will get to that. First, uh, we're opening up the month. We're going back to 1993 for WCW Starcade 1993. On December 8th, it's Vengeance 2001 for its 20-year anniversary. That's one where... Chris Jericho became the first ever undisputed champion. He beat Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. Yeah, I mean, it, which he never talks about, Greg. So, you know, we got to publicize that. Yeah, he never mentions it. Uh, we're actually going fairly recent for December 15th. We're going with uh, WWE TLC 2016 for its five-year anniversary. It's a good show that I'm very much looking forward to. AJ Styles and uh, Dean Ambrose are on top for that one. Uh, December December 22nd, we got some TNA. It's our final TNA show of the year. It's TNA Final Resolution 2011 for its 10-year anniversary. And like I said, we're not going to spoil the bonus show just yet. Something special we're still working on. Uh, But December 29th, two days before the end of the year, it is WCW Starcade 1998. Uh, that one you could like, it's almost like at the end of the main event, you could hear just like a long, wet fart to sound off the end of WCW. I mean, and this was followed up by a finger poke of doom. Yeah, a couple days, a couple so, weeks later. Yeah, man, because they couldn't just let crap lie. It's like, how can we make this? Well, like, I, I, what, what was the what was the booking meeting like? It's like, look, guys, that was a, like that was bad, like that that really sucked. But, and hear me out, how can we make it worse? You can always make it worse. Yep, give Kevin Nash the book. Anyway, but yeah, so that's our December. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all next week with Mayhem 2000. We apologize in advance.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 